You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Set for Heineke on third down. Four-man rush. Heineke hit as he throws. It is ripped away by Devondre Campbell. And he's got plenty of green grass in front of him. Devondre Campbell picks six, Green Bay. Back to the pick. Yeah, everybody's covered. There's J.D. McKissick. There's Devondre Campbell. Watch him play this. It, it's going to be a little in and out. You're going to press inside like you're crossing. Bounce out. Reads it well. Eyes on the quarterback. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. Not just J.D. McKissick. Everybody was covered on that play. We talked about... All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. And we've got a special guest on the podcast today here, live streaming on YouTube and Twitter. Um, we've got Coach Chris Haddad from, uh, let's see here, in Massachusetts, actually the defensive coordinator and wide receiver coach of Bellingham High School. And uh, it's my understanding, Chris, you've been coaching now for over 15 years. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, just uh, 15 years this year. Yeah, it's crazy. It goes by like so fast, too. State, yeah. They keep you running, don't they? Yeah, yeah they do. They do. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. And, and he's also the founder of uh, VictorySports.com. Uh, you guys can find them on Twitter at lowercase v, uppercase IQ, lowercase T-O-R-Y, uppercase S, lowercase P-O-R-T-S. So it's Victory Sports spelled with an IQ in the middle. And, of course, he, he is on Twitter at Chris um, V. I-Q-T-O-R-Y. Yep. And uh, really what you guys have done at VictorySports.com is you've basically built an entire library, right, of courses for uh, for helping coaches and people that want to understand football at a different level and really uh, become better coaches. Uh, yeah. Is there anything you want to say about that? I know you, you're not about giving shameless plugs or anything like that, but you got to be yeah. excited about what you build over there, man. Just tell us a little bit about it before we get started. Yeah, so like the, the origin story, to make a long story short, is we – uh, back in 2016 is kind of when the idea floated in my head where I started to realize that there was this, there was no way to go for a kid to learn football, right? They play Madden and they kind of just throw <laughs> stuff against the wall and hope it sticks, right? And that, that thought is uh, eventually evolved into coaches learning football, right? Because you think about how a kid learns, it's from the coach. Like if you have a player who doesn't know football, it's probably the coach's fault, right? Because the coach isn't teaching him properly. But from a coach, like where do you like where do you start? There's so much information everywhere. There's no place to really start. So um and a lot of times coaches, all you gotta do is sign, sign a dotted line and you're a coach, right? Like there's no formal training. There's no there's nothing that really goes into it. So that's something that we've been working on at least the past like, year and a half, like as developing the entire coach from uh, how to schedule a practice, how to run an efficient defense, an efficient offense, uh, how to coach different positions within your scheme and structure. So, yeah, a lot of what we do is we work with a lot of youth and high school coaches, uh, make football make sense for them. Gotcha. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So for the listeners out there, what this basically is, is when you when you don't have credibility in a certain subject, you find someone who does. And that's why Chris <laughs> is on the show with you guys today. He's going to yeah. I told him, I said, explain it to me and explain it to the listeners like we're five years old. And that's what we're going to do. So let's kind of jump into it, man. The reason you're here, and first of all, I want to say congratulations. You, if I understood correctly, your staff won the 2021 Staff of the Year presented by USA Today. Is that right? Yeah, that was a cool award. That was um, 
yeah, we, we end up winning our league and we end up getting an award presented by Urban Meyer, which was pretty cool. So I actually, I coach with my father's the head coach and my brother's the offensive coordinator. So uh, we got a cool little family affair and that was a really cool just award for, yeah, just the, the whole family to to absorb that. And our coaching staff is awesome as well. So it yeah. was uh, it was really cool that that point in time. And yeah, uh, we're already off the tracks and I'm going to ask the question, does it ever get heated between you, your dad and your brother? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I always tell the story like early on in the first couple of years, like we've been together as a staff now for seven years and early on it was, um, there was definitely some rocky roads, but like now we've kind of all found our place and we've all, uh, you know, gotten comfortable with each other and you know, know when to not step on each other's toes and so on and so forth. So, and yeah. how many times do you look over your shoulder and go, the kids are watching, guys? The kids are, watching. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, it's been good though, it's, it's been real fun. I think as you get older, you start to appreciate the time with your family and time coaching with them too. So, really starting good to appreciate stuff. that. Yeah, that's great, man. Football is just. You know, they used to say uh, baseball is America's pastime. Football is America's passion. There's no doubt about it, man. For it's sure. Just, it's awesome. A hundred percent. Yep. All right. So here's what we're going to talk about, guys. We bring him in. We bring Chris in to uh, to talk about the Vic Fangio quarters defense. Okay. You know, it's been a hot button uh, topic for uh, for Packer fans, coach. Like, you know, everybody, the main thing we've heard last year over the last 12 months is we're playing too far off the ball on third and short. We're doing this, we're doing that. And, and you know, it's it's so it's so difficult to kind of understand all of the principles that comes in this quarter's defense. Now, we, we start to try to grab, uh, I don't know, grab a little bit of a hold on it, but there's just so many things, so many modifiers, so many principles within this matchman uh, aspect of the quarter's coverage. And, and I think we've got a pretty good grab as far as the fronts go. You know, the reason everybody went to that wide front was because the outside zone absolutely took off in the league. And I know we were talking offline a little bit about duo and you got an awesome thing coming up on duo. Yeah which I'm really, really looking forward to that. It kind of feels like that's why Green Bay and other offenses that that lean on that wide zone run went back kind of to the drawing board and started going back to power, going back to gap scheme, going back to duo, all those things is because people really started to take that edge away. Um, I'm excited to hear that series for sure, but yeah. let's focus on the coverage aspect if we, if we can. And, you know, people look at the Green Bay Packers roster and they think it's loaded with talent. I think we got like eight or nine first round picks that are on that defense. And, you know, you've got your Jair Alexanders, you've got your Darnell Savages, obviously Eric Stokes, uh, hopefully he'll be healthy this year all of this talent all the way across the board. Let's just kind of start from the top, man. Um, you know, obviously Vic Fangio's quarters defense is probably a little bit different from, from people like Nick Saban. I, I think it was two or three years ago it really took off where he had his cover seven defense. And and you hear all these terms about, you know, the apex defender, the meg defender, mod, all of these things. Let's just try to start from the beginning just say, okay, what is quarters coverage? And if you'd like me to, I can share your screen. You just tell me when. And let's, let's yeah. jump into it. Yeah, so let's let's jump into it now. Can you see my screen right now? Got it. We're good to go. Okay. All right. So the best way that I always like to just look at coverage in general is if you just draw a line right down the center, right? Because a lot of teams, what they're doing now is they're going to a split field concept, right? Which means this mic right here could be on this side or this side. He doesn't necessarily matter right now what we're going to talk about. But the best way to identify is what are you looking at from these three players right here, okay? And this is where we talk about quarters coverage. And then we could play quarters of coverage on the, either side. But for now, we're just going to look at the right side here. A lot of teams will play quarters to this side and maybe some sort of half field coverage to this side. But when we talk about quarters coverage, there's three ways that I really like to look at quarters coverage, right? 
And, um, you know, I said I'm not going to plug anything, but I thought this is a great video, too, if you do want to learn more about the quarter cover stuff. Uh, one of my good coaching friends, Cody Alexander, Match Cody, he does a fantastic job. We've done a few videos with him where he goes even to even more depth on this. I'm just going to touch on the high-level surface stuff because I think it's it's good to, if you can understand this piece of it, then you can take it to watching a game or even watching a high school game, whatever it may be. Oh. Uh, but there's three different there's three different ways. And, again, I'm just going to ramble, so please stop me if you do have any questions or anything. Um, but there's three different ways I like to look at quarters coverage, right? The first is the spot drop, okay? The second is going to be zone match, and then the third is going to be what we call man match, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'll leave this up on the screen here so you guys can see this in the corner. But first off, and, and this is probably, you know, I, I when I did the video with Cody, he, he mentioned this, and I really like this. This is like the Madden way to think about things, right? When I'm thinking about spot dropping and you're thinking about cover four, right? What are you thinking about? You're thinking about guys that are just going to get to an area, right? And just cover that area. So that's what we call spot drop. And what you see, you actually do see this in the NFL sometimes just because uh, players are just so fast and that they're just trying to get to an area and just play that area, okay? All the eyes are going to be on the quarterback and they're just reading his intentions. So this player, this nickel player right here is going to have the flats and he's going to stare at the quarterback and then try to jump into the window of him and try to get um, that ball picked off. Same with the safety, going to play a high quarter and then this corner as well is going to play a high quarter as well. Okay, so this is what we call uh, spot drop. You'll hear it, uh, country quarters. There's a bunch of names for it, but I like to identify it as spot dropping where we're just essentially dropping to a spot. Got it. Okay. Like I said, that's the easiest way to play it. If you were coaching a youth team, that's probably the easiest way to play as well as to get there. But there are NFL teams that do run just spot dropping principles because it's just so easy to run, so easy to teach. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. The, yeah. The next one is what's called zone match. And this is where you can get a little bit fancy in how you do things because, you know, I like to look at it and I'll write it here. It's, it's all if then. Right. So if this guy does something, then I'm going to do this. Right. And a lot of teams will have different rules. I'll show you the most basic rule. This nickel here will have this number two receiver. If he goes out, bubbles, or does anything out, and his wall will be right around seven yards. Got it. Okay. So I'm going to take anything that goes out. That's my if. If he goes out, then I'm taking him. Okay. Got it. Again, this is going to be a little bit more complicated, so please stop me if you do have any questions. If anyone in the chat has questions, I'm happy to answer them out, okay? Mm -hmm. But that's the nickel's primary responsibility is instead of just dropping to the flat and staring at the quarterback, now I'm going to play, okay, a zone match where I'm going to match the pattern of what number two is doing. That's where the match part comes in, okay? So the now the good and bad about playing match, the good is you're actually covering people, not grass. You know, I had a college coach that always used to say the 20 yard line is never going to catch the football. Okay. So we always want to match people. So again, different philosophies with spot dropping and zone match, but those are the main principles of it. Okay. It. But if, if we're matching what number two is, that's going to be his primarily responsibility. Okay. We good so far in the Yeah, nickel? absolutely. Yeah. And, and okay. let me ask you this, you know, I know in, in Nick Saban's version of this, at least it was, you know, two, three years ago in his cover seven defense, I, I'm pretty sure that nickel will be considered a meg defender or not, not a meg, an apex defender. Right? Apex. Yeah, exactly. So, so what the apex means is some defenses will use this guy into the run fit, mm -hmm. right? So they'll need him here to support on the run. So what they'll do is they'll, 
use the word apex, which is just the middle point between these two. So that's where his lineup will be is the apex of this guy and then the end man of the line of scrimmage. Here. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. What you often see is EMAL. A lot of people will just abbreviate EMAL, end man line of scrimmage, and then this number two receiver. So, but yeah, that's correct. Yeah. He could, where his positioning is, he's the apex. Defender. Got it. Perfect. Yep. Okay. So when he's lined up here, again, he'll take anything seven yards, take it to the sideline. Okay. The safety now is going to be reading number two as well, because if he gets anything vertical, again, we're saying that Nichols got him seven yards here. If he gets anything vertical, he's going to let him go to the safety. He's yours now. Got it. So if you get any of this mess, you got to take it. Okay. Perfect. Anything vertical, anything to the middle of the field, which we're going to, we'll talk about the weaknesses in a little bit of this defense, yep. which will play into... Um, you know, what this ultimately number two receiver is trying to do to us. But as far as his base zone matching rules, I'm reading number two. He's vertical. He's mine. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Now this corner, and I heard you say something in the intro about giving up too many hitch routes. Is that correct? Or just being well, too soft on the, the edge? The big complaint from Packer fans last year was Joe Barry's a moron because all he's doing is playing, you know, seven, eight yards off the line of scrimmage when it's a third and four, right? Well, you know, in okay. my mind and, and what I do understand about the, the quarters match, it's with, you know, that corner has got to protect that vertical route no matter what down and distance it is. It's a bend but don't break type defense. And we know whether it's the NFL, I'm sure it's the same in college, maybe even high school. The, the name of the game is is controlling those explosive plays, right? Because, right. you know, like right. we said on the last pod we had, you know, the statistics show in the NFL that if an offense hits an explosive play, it triples the chances of them scoring on that drive. So that's kind of the name oh, of the sure. game. So, yeah, that's the, the general complaint we get is why are they playing so far off the line of scrimmage. Okay, got you. So this will help clear some things up here. So uh, moving on to the corner now, they're going to play what's called a mod coverage, okay? And it's funny, I actually ran a, uh, a Twitter poll, I think it was like two years ago or last year, what does mod mean? And again, people will give you 10 different answers <laughs> for what mod means, right? So mod means a different things. Man only deep, uh, man on demand. There's a million different things, right? <laughs> but for this instance, we'll man only deep. Okay. That's probably the easiest way for us to teach it. So they're going to play what's called a mod technique, meaning I'm only going to take this man if he goes deep. So if he runs a go ball, if he runs a go ball, just like this corner is going to play it and he's going to run with it. Got it. Okay. If he goes inside now, all right. And for whatever reason runs an inside route, he's going to zone off it. And he's going to work and look to find work. Got it. Okay. So if, and if the he, reason for this I don't is mean to cut you off, yeah, but if he, yeah, yeah, so yeah. let's say he runs just that, that quick, that quick drag route or whatever. So the corner is going to let him go and then zone off zone back. Right. Cause the right. reason I bring that up is because there was a play last year where everybody crucified the, uh, the defensive coordinator in the scheme where Jair Alexander actually got beat deep, but you could see his body language. You could see his reaction that he got caught peeking, dipped in and then turned tail and ran trying to, trying to stop the go up. Might've been Terry McLaurin in Washington, I believe. And just absolutely yeah. got scorched. And it was because he wasn't schematically sound. Now, what are people saying? Oh, this Joe Barry defense is trash. And it's going, no, <laughs> even great players yeah. like Jair makes mistakes. Right. So, Right. Right. And there's always, there's always, that's why it's so tough to, to like have the association. Cause like, we just don't know what the scheme exactly, is, right? Like yeah. maybe he was supposed to play this and he, maybe he was peeking in the backfield and got beat on a double move. Right. I think there's so many, what ifs it's so hard to, without being actually in the huddle to find out. Absolutely. But, yeah. Um, but what the corner is going to do, if anything goes inside, he's just going to zone off it. 
Um, and this is the beauty of this zone match is everything is based off of routes, right? So even if you don't really know football, you can kind of assume that no coach is going to run this, right? Right. right. Yeah. Because you're not going to put two guys in the same area, right? So every pattern usually plays off of each other, right? So if I'm getting this, what am I probably getting from one? Probably getting some sort of go route, probably getting some sort of slant, right? It's probably one of the two that you're probably going to get from there. So the minute the safety sees this, right? He can then snap his eyes to one and get in the window of this. And that's his support if he does go inside. Got it. Okay. So that's where, that's where the beauty of this match concept is, is you can then, and this is where it comes from is pattern matching. We can then pattern match what everybody's doing. If this guy goes vertical, right? The nickel's going to work to seven. Okay. He's gone, but then I can snap my eyes to one because what's paired with a, a go from number two is usually this dig ball from number one, you know, and now we can start to play off of all the patterns that the offense is going to run. Yeah. Now, would you refer to that as two read? I, I was watching some of the videos the other night and people were referring to it as two read. Is that basically two read? Two reads is a, I like to look at two read as a bastardized version of cover two. Got it. Okay. So it's a little bit different. I'm happy to dig into that after this. I just don't want to confuse no, people absolutely. that are watching, but, um, but yeah, it's like, it's a version of cover two, essentially. Gotcha. Good stuff. Yep. Uh, but, you know, going back to this mod, man only deep, and just going back to your, your example of the corner being too deep, too short, you can play mod from anywhere. You can play it from eight yards. You can play it from pressed up. And this is what a lot of teams are doing now, because think about this. If I'm pressed up and this guy gives me an outside release, there's only two routes he can run, a go ball or a comeback. Yep. Both of those routes, the corner would take because they're past seven yards. Got it. So I can eliminate the route tree by just getting pressed up in his face. And the minute he gives me this, I can latch onto it and play it. Yeah. But, it, but what does it look like to you? It looks like man to man to you, right? Because he's up in his yeah. face, he's playing them, but realistically he's playing a zone-ish type coverage. Yeah. So, you know, again, that's the beauty of this zone match concept is to the defense it's zone, but to the offense it's, oh, I got a one-on-one -on -one matchup here. Well, not really because he's he wants you to play the fade because that's what he's playing, right? right? And if he inside releases, he can get on the back hip and then play uh, number one from there. But if he's inside releasing, I mean, he's either going to run a post, a slant, or probably that dig ball here. Got it. Right. So you start to eliminate the route tree just by getting up in his face. That's wild, man. That's it's. I mean, it really is. It's uh, Fangio when when Fangio really started to implement this. Um, I mean, when he was in Chicago, we were as Packer fans. It's like, my gosh, what have they done? To this defense, this yeah. is unbelievable, and it, and it is. It's, I mean, you're really. It's. I don't know if process of elimination is the proper way of saying it, but you're, you're really, hemming in the uh, the offense. I mean, right, awesome. right, yeah, you, you really are, and you're forcing them to. Now there is weaknesses in this, right? So I know, <laughs> like on paper, on paper everything is great, right? right? right. Like every coach would be 10 and 0, 12 and 0 if they were at a high school level, and obviously 18, 19, 20 and 0 at an NFL level if if they. Uh, if everything looked good on paper. So yeah. there is holes to this, but as far as it's like from a, a matching per, like perspective, this is where you can get creative by just telling your corner, Hey, you're playing mod on this play. Okay. He knows I'm playing man only deep and then he can zone off. Uh, there is a few more like mess, you know, man, except short, like there's a bunch of other ways you can play it. Uh, again, I, I plugged that video with coach uh, Cody Alexander. He does a fantastic job breaking all that right. down, but at a surface level, I, I think this is just a, a good way to look at quarters where, you know, you see 
guys backed up like this, like, okay, they're not just spot dropping. They might be zone matching. They might be doing a couple of different things. So it's just always good to have that open mind of like, like how is this nickel playing? Is he truly apexed? Uh, is this corner a bailing? Is he getting hands on? Like, and where's the safety playing from there? So as the play develops is where you can start to see if it's a zone match or a spot drop. Got it. Good stuff. Okay. Um, okay. So that's, that's pretty much the principles of the zone match, you know, spot drop again, just got to get asked to the quarterback zone match. And then man match is just your old fashioned. I have him, I have him manned up and he's going to play just a high zone here. So it looks, it, it fits more like two man than it does really anything else yeah. you know where these guys are locked up here he's locked up here and they're just playing straight man coverage Got it. in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value jordan love card but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates it's all just a shot in the dark until now introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com the only repack that provides real value a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Okay, so that's how, those are the three different ways that we like to identify the uh, the quarters game, so to say. And, you know, as you mentioned earlier, like there, you can go down a rabbit hole with this stuff and spend hours and hours on it. But uh, from a high level perspective, I, I thought this is a good way to start. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, all right, so the next thing I want to get to is the strength and weaknesses. Okay. Because I think... I think it's good to to understand, you know, as you said, like being eight yards off, like why are they playing eight yards off? You know, I, I always like to look at football, like offenses in particular, and I think defenses are more reactive, but I think offenses in particular are more like, and I've used this analogy in the past, it's like an orchestra, right? Like you have your conduct, it's a coordinator, and like everything has to play perfectly. Like offenses are running splits on the bottom of the numbers for a reason, right? They're in the top of the numbers, cutting their split down to here for a reason, like everything's for a reason and it's good to have spatial awareness for like why right and from a defense perspective it's the same thing like we're lined up inside leverage on this guy for a reason outside leverage for a reason so like the first thing that comes to mind is when alexander whoever it is is playing eight yards off in a third and fourth situation like there's a reason he's doing it or maybe it could be just a bust okay that's that's the other <laughs> half side of this too right it could be just a bust in, in uh coverage alignment whatever it may be but 
a lot of times why, like why defenses are lining up and they spend so much time lining up and getting lined up. Yeah. That, and, um, and correct me if reason. I'm wrong, Chris, but it, it typically it's week to week. And, and I actually heard, I believe it was Nick Saban's uh, cornerbacks coach that did a clinic uh, a couple years ago and just watching it. And he's, he's talking about, you know, if you're playing a team that that's, that's real heavy on the RPO, then that's going to trigger a different alignment, a different look pre-snap. You know, yep. if, if someone, if they run a lot of switch concepts, there's, you know, there's going to be a different alignment. Bunch, bunch is a big thing in the NFL that really throws defenses just in, you know, haywire. We were doing some chalk talk last night uh, on Christian Watson and how he just, you know, picked apart. Uh, he and Aaron Rodgers picked apart the Dallas Cowboys where they were playing a lot of cover one man. So what did they do? They played a lot. We we counter with a lot of bunch. That's and so you've seen tough. a lot of switch yep. release. So um, good stuff, man. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And again, a good coach does that, right? He sees – Oh, we're gonna play a lot of cover one. Okay, let me just run simple pick concepts and let me get like get my athletes in space and give them the football quick. It's Absolutely. uh football's easy. We just complicate it a lot, you know, <laughs> as coaches. It really is. Like we just right. we do too much sometimes. And I think well, you know, Belichick, I, I always quote him all the time. He says, uh, players win them and coaches lose them, right? That's it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, growing up like Foxborough Stadium's 15 minutes where I am right now. It's like oh, I've wow. had a front row seat to that whole dynasty and everything. It's it's been really cool. Like in just hearing coach Belichick talk about that, right? It's, it's so true. Coaches lose so many more games than, than the players. You know, I also like to look at this too. It's like football is, is like a game of chess, right? Where the, your coordinators and your coaches are the players and the, uh, excuse me, are the, uh, the person controlling the chess pieces and right. the chess pieces are just the players, right? You got your ones that could do more than others can, but like, they're just doing what you're coaching them to tell them. And so, yeah, it's just the way I was, it's my, my uh, weird way of just looking at football, you know, no, it's, from, it's from the orchestra, from the chess, that's just been, <laughs> been around a long time. So that's kind of how I see it. Uh, okay. So first thing, let's talk about strengths. Obviously, um, you know, having too high, a, a safety that's high and a corner that's high off the football, you have what's called, these guys are capped. Okay. So meaning if these guys want to run vertical routes, they're going to have the leverage because they're deep on them, right? They're capped. Okay. So meaning we're going to cap this route. You can't run past it. Okay. Um, and that's pretty much like the strength of cover of the spot dropping portion of it is like, these guys aren't going to run by you because naturally you're just, you're deep off of them. Unless you have a freak that's just going to run by you different story. Right. But NFL level corners usually pretty good enough where they can get over the top of any X receiver, Y receiver and safeties to, to cap that. Right. Yeah. Um, where it's weak. And this is something where the zone, like the, the zone part like hurts a little bit. And maybe they could have been playing zone drop when you talk about them being eight yards off. Because if you are playing just simple spot drop, like he's going to short back pedal out, get his read steps. He's going to short back pedal out. You're creating separation here. So anything to the flats hurts you because you just don't have a flat player. If you look, you know, let's say these guys are playing somewhat cover two on the backside. Like you really only have one, two, three underneath defenders in a true cover four. Like, you know, let's say they are for whatever reason playing here. Let's say they're playing cover four on both sides. Like yeah. you only have one, two, three underneath defenders. You have four deep defenders. So you look at how wide a football field is. It's 53 and a third yards wide. So like divide that by three, 17.8. Like this one guy has to cover 17.8 yards <laughs> from the hashes out. Like that's a long way to cover. I don't yeah. care like what kind of athlete you are. So if you are playing like a simple spot drop, that's where you are vulnerable is in the flats because the guy just can't physically get there. Got and it. even if he does push out, like you're going to get this, right? right. So uh, a lot of like teams have reverted to what they call option routes, right? Yes. Where they can push him vertical, right? And push him vertical 
And if these guys are both bailing out of there because they're playing spot drop, okay, you're going to go vertical. I'm just going to convert this to a hitch here. And I'm just going to convert this wheel to a backside comeback. And, and you so, see it in Kansas City. I mean, they just won a Super Bowl with Travis oh, Kelsey, yeah. literally yep. watching the defense and running the opposite direction. That's it. That's it. It's <laughs> it's so easy now. It's you know the, you, those are like old school like run and shoot principles, like talking yeah, in the yeah. 70s, 80s, where like all those guys were doing were just looking at leverage and just converting it. Oh, you're going to play inside leverage on me? Good. I'm going to convert this to an out. You yep. know, or you're going to play outside leverage on me? Okay, I'm going to you know stick knot it and then. I'm going to widen you out and then I'm back to the middle, right? So again, right. thinking football just being simple, that's all it is, is just taking space where it is and get to it. Okay. But that's, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying good stuff, man. Good yeah. Stuff. Okay. Um, so, I mean, from a zone dropping perspective, like that's where you're a little bit weak. Also too, like any quarters coverage whatsoever, and I'll get rid of this line in the middle. What hurts you big time is just this right here, the middle of the field, like this nickel and the same on the backside, if you are playing quarters on both sides, what you're trying to do, and another term you'll come across too, is you're trying to wall off number two, meaning you do not want him to get here because that's danger right there. That's a short throw for the quarterback because he's running to you. But if you're able to get inside of the safety and inside of this nickel off the, off the jump, this is danger territory right here in any cover four. And if you're if you're playing real drop, then the only way to combat that is to try to, to, to try to reroute that receiver, right? Right, exactly. And if you look at the college and high school level, it's a lot easier to do. But when you get more to the high uh, the NFL level, this right here, I mean, try to reroute a Tyree Kill or any <laughs> any of those small receivers because they're just so fast, right? So like, right. what you have to do is reroute them with your body. Like if this player right here is six foot two, six foot three, two hundred twenty, thirty pounds, and can run. Like instead of trying to get hands on him, just make sure your body's inside. So he runs, I identify this as the hump. So I'm going to try to run around him. That way it gives my safety a chance to be able to play inside of him still. Got it. Okay. So, um, that's one of, that's one of the major weaknesses in this, in this, uh, quarters coverage Just like, if he's able to get here and then to the middle. Got it. Okay. Also too, what a lot of teams will do from a, a quarter standpoint is they'll try to manipulate this safety. So um let's say i am getting this guy pressed up right so he's already at a disadvantage because he's going to run step for step if we do get any go balls right but let's say for whatever instance he inside releases and he runs this skinny post right <sighs> drawing it just like this you're thinking okay well safety will help perfect well a lot of teams will do is i'll run double post here got it so now that safety has to respect that and this cornerback is already had inside leverage, right? This this receiver is in between him and the quarterback, meaning he's got leverage to the football, and he's got to trail in that back hip and try to play it. Very yeah. tough to do if you play a good receiver. Um, yeah, and, and, and let's say the running back is actually on the opposite side, right? The sidecar is on the opposite side. Yep. Then it's going to be real easy as you walk both of, both the safety and the corner out, right? If that nickel isn't watching the flat, or you know, in some cases you might you might fire that nickel on a, on a corner blitz. Then all they got to do is leak that running back right out into the flat. Right, exactly. Yeah. If you don't, yeah, you did. Then in that case, you have to run some three D three under coverage where you're spinning him down, you're spinning him over, and that's yeah, that's usually turns into a fire zone. Or if you're going to go four over two, that's that's a whole other story as well. But yeah, it's risky. Uh, but yeah, to your point, it's it's you know, especially if you get this Mike that's going to come and sit here, like he's got to respect that, right? Right. So, um, you know, a lot of teams will do if they're not running him on a post is they'll run this, which is what's called a shallow concept where you usually get some sort of underneath to try to pull these backers up. 
run at the safety. So he's got to respect that dig, right? He's, he's past that seven yard hard deck to come and get it. And then again, you're leaving this backside post wide open. So um, it could be why too, like a lot of teams won't press him up because if they're just at a speed advantage, again, you want this guy to play with a little bit of leverage on the back end and then be able to play on top of it. But it's one of the hardest things to play as a corner is that inside post because the minute you lose leverage, you got to try to get on that upfield hip and then play through the hands. And again, very hard to do. Yeah. Um, and, and really that's where it comes down to those premier positions, edge defenders, and even pushing the pocket from the middle, get pressure, get pressure right, exactly. as quick as possible. And that's what I, I personally love about this defense is you are, you're playing bend, but don't break. And, and I, I, you know, the, the statistics as far as DVOA down the stretch last year, the Packers really rebounded uh, there in the last third of the season. And it seemed like it started to gel, it started to come together. But one of the things, and you may get to it in a minute, if not, I definitely want to ask that question before we wrap up, is the it seemed like the run defense was really, really hindered last year, right? Now, it yeah. could have been play according to PFF and other analytics. Uh, the front didn't play that well against the run. But, you know, when you think about having two safeties on the shelf like this, obviously it's not like the old Seattle days where you had that spinner where the safety was helping the run fit right so right, um, right yeah i'm sure we'll get into it in a minute i don't mean to jump the gun but that's just no no this this say this is a good time to transition to it so yeah like when you get and this is it's good that you brought up seattle because like when you play run like this like a you got to cancel gaps like if i'm looking at it from a bare bone structure right and mm -hmm. this is where if you play like an even front like this okay he's going to control this gap he's going to control this gap right everyone's gapped out right now right but where you have this issue is this B gap bubble right here because this guy's in conflict now. And as you mentioned earlier, right, you got to play him in the apex, right? I'll put the ball in the middle of the field here and space these guys out a little bit. But, you know, you put this guy in a little bit of a conflict because on a base zone run, we have to cancel out this B gap, right? And there's yep. ways you can do it, right? You can bring him to the inside. You can do a read pop stun like that's that's getting again way down the rabbit hole but from a from a too high structure per, like presentation we got to be able to be gap sound on the run but also too like we got to be able to play the pass so a lot of teams what they'll do is they can hug you know this guy close to the last scrimmage and then this guy has to play what we call the banana the c to d gap to the outside coming through uh, so a lot of teams who do play this quarter coverage will have this guys pressed up at 10 to 12 and then have them get into the run fit but if they're not like you have to what we call stunt the front and you see that with a lot of like interior and exterior games where this guy can get up and through and cancel the b to c gap and then this guy can get up and through the a gap so now you've canceled out the b c and the a gap and then you can essentially do whatever you want on the back end here and you, you've seen a lot of that last year in Carolina. I, I distinctively remember Michael Lombardi and several other people pointing that out, how they were stopping the run, running stunts Yes, in, in, in yep. Carolina, which is really cool. Um, yeah, it, it's become a big – like at, it's even trickled down to the high school level now where like if I can stay too high – like defenses want to stay too high, right, because it's just more guys in pass coverage. And if I can cancel out the front by running – by still bring, being able to bring four and have one linebacker in the box, like that's, that's perfect. But if your stunts aren't – pushing and penetrating upfield then you're going to lose that you know 10 times out of 10 so yeah. but it's always good to look at that where like if you are in a four down in a too high safety structure how is the team going to stunt the front to cancel out these six gaps up front because you have to right yeah. and if you don't then you leave yourself vulnerable like you know if you're playing a quarterback that can't really move very well 
you know, if you're playing Justin Fields, like you can't give up any edge, right? You got to keep that guy in the pocket the entire time. But you know, what some coaches will do is they'll call it a pirate technique, right? Well, he'll pirate into the B gap. Well, then you leave yourself completely vulnerable on the edge here. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's always gives and takes with everything that you do. But to answer your question, I know I just went on a long rant there, but like to answer your question, if you are going to play this too high structure, like your safety's got to be able to tackle and you have to find ways to cancel gaps up front. Bingo. And, and that's what we've seen last year with the safeties playing top down in the run fit. You've seen just a ton of missed tackles from, I hate mentioning people by name, but I'm going to do, you know, Adrian Amos, who had been a solid safety for so many years with Green Bay since they signed him in free agency last year, man, was just, he was, he was horrendous at tackling. And, and, yeah. and even Quay Walker, even though he, he racked up so many tackle statistics, I mean, he was a tackling machine, but at the same time, there was many times that you've seen it, it ironically against Justin Fields on one uh, particular run where they, they actually had him, you know, hemmed up, but yeah. You've seen Amos, you've seen Quay Walker, everybody just, you know, kind of kind of blow the tackle. And it's it's easy to me, easy for me to say from my comfy chair here, right? Right, right, right exactly. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, the same thing having to play top down, you've got to have someone who can, who can, you know, sell that off. Right, right, exactly. And that's where, like, you start to get into, like you were talking about earlier, where if you do start to blitz some of these guys, like these bigger body players, like, I think if you go back to, I don't know, like early 2000s-ish, like these players, I probably shouldn't say that because they were a lot more physical then too, but like, the, these players need to be able to tackle now. Like, I think usually you could get a free safety who is a lighter body, can play more the the more the finesse game. The game's changed in the sense where, like, these guys need to be downhill bodies that can play in the box, that can be physical, that can make tackles to these bigger body running backs too. So you're starting to see the game change a little bit in that aspect as well. Yeah. But but to your point though, it's yeah. I mean, tackling Justin Fields is not easy whatsoever. So, uh, but at the same time, like everything's angles and angles and approach and wrapping up and, you know, talking tackling is a whole nother clinic in itself as well. Absolutely. We had Mike wall on the pod a little while back, you know, he was like a, a you know, I, I think it was six or eight year vet offensive line for the green Bay Packers, Carolina Panthers out of Navy. And uh, I asked him, I said, what's the, what do you think is the biggest thing that just the casual fan doesn't understand about football that, that they just totally miss. And he said, how you arrive at confrontation determines how you handle confrontation. He was talking about body control, and and it's mm. it's so important. A guy a guy like Darnell Savage can go out and run a blazing forty yard dash, but if he's not under control when he gets to the to the contact point, it doesn't even matter, right? Yep, yep, that's huge. It's it's all acceleration, deceleration, body control, uh, wrapping, getting your head in the right spot. Like it's, I think it's it's so easy from the sideline to say tackle him, you know, but like there's so <laughs> many more logistics that go into that. So. You know, I'll, I'll defend till I die every coach, player, whoever it is that, uh, you know, has a tough time teaching tackling. Because in my opinion, it's one of the hardest things to, t to teach is sure. like proper tackling and then having to tackle guys that are just freak athletes. Um, yeah. That I and, mean, it's even harder. And really the only way to teach it is to do it and, Consistently. and we know yep. with the, the safety regulations today and, and rightfully so you got to protect the kids you got to protect the players it you're not you're not getting to spend as much time you know especially at the pro level in training camp hitting you know like you would in the past so it's a it's a sensitive subject but man it's, it's definitely one that it applies it, it does yep no, absolutely um but that's that's all i had as far as just uh, the spot drop man uh, zone match man match strength and weaknesses um you know i didn't know if there was anything else that you wanted me to or you had any questions on that you'd like to to ask while i have this thing up here or uh, how you wanted to go about it it really you know you did it seamless and i was able to ask the questions as we went you know i wanted okay. to ask about the safeties playing top down i definitely yeah. wanted to ask about the apex defender and and you know like you you really pointed out 
what I was seeing on tape, there's a reason these a reason these guys are playing off the ball, right? There's right. there's something that they've seen in the game plan, and the other team gets paid too. So obviously right, exactly. they're, they're knowing you're going to be looking for that. So yeah. they're going to adjust on the fly as well. It's just, man, I, I said it yesterday on the pod, Chris. Football, it's got my soul right now, dude. I just absolutely love it. I yeah. can't get enough. You know, it's just the, uh, yeah. the X's and O's and ins and outs is just phenomenal. Um, I really, really appreciate your time. I know it was short notice and the fact that you rushed over, carved out time to hop on here. I know our listeners are going to thank, uh, thank you for it. And um, is there anything, like I said, man, anything that we can do to help, anything you want to plug, anything you got coming up? Um, obviously, we're going to make sure everybody knows where to find you on Twitter, um, at Chris V. I-Q-T-O-R-Y. And then, of course, your uh, your website is victorysports.com. And I'm on our already shop and looking around going, dude, look at this. <laughs> I could use that. I could use that. I could use that. Because what, what we want this podcast to be, Chris, um, is – you know, we want people to learn as we go, you know, for sure. there's yep. so many people out there that think they know everything and, and, you know, they like to talk down to listeners and it, and what it does is it prevents people from wanting to learn. It's like, right. well, I'll, I'll never be at that level. You know, we're all learning as we go along and it's people like you that are bridging that gap, man. We can't thank you enough. We really yeah, know. no, I appreciate that. And, that. and that's the biggest thing too. It's like, I think I wanted to create victory to be, I don't know if safe space is the, is the, the right word to use, but like, you know, ask questions that, you know, one thing that always, a big reason why I started victory too, was like, you go to coaching clinics, there's probably a hundred coaches in the room, but there's, a, there's always 10, 20 coaches that are just afraid to raise their hand to say, cause they don't want to look stupid. Right. So yeah. that's a big motivation behind victory too, is like, let's answer all the questions that we could possibly answer. Um, you know, we do a ton of on YouTube. We're trying to put out a video a week on there. So, and that's again, very intro level content that youth coaches, high school coaches can get absorb and then try to apply it. Even if you're, even if you don't coach, you can just apply it to what you're seeing on Sundays and, yeah. and make, like you said, make the, the football experience better for you. Even if you're not coaching, like you can start to understand what, uh, you know, the Packers are, are trying to do. And I'm hoping my little quarter spiel, like, will <laughs> you know, light a, a couple light bulbs of just like, Oh, okay. I remember Chris talking about that. They're in quarters right. coverage and this is why they made the play. And it's, yeah. uh, yeah, football is very, it's all window dressing. Uh, you know, that's something I've learned <laughs> over the years. It's really is. It's like, it's like every team runs quarters, but how can they dress it up by rotating safeties, dropping guys back, starting press and bailing out of it. Like all they're trying to do is confuse the quarterback. That's pretty much the name of the game, but quarters it's, is quarters covers two is cover two. Like what you're playing on Madden is what they're playing just <laughs> right. in the NFL, you know? So, uh, that's, that's the biggest awesome. thing. Yeah, no, yeah. I appreciate you having me on here. And like I said, if there's anything I can do for any listener, if you have any questions on any football question or anything I can do to help, please let me know. I'm, I'm, you know, I really do appreciate you having me on. And uh, this was great. Absolutely, man. I really appreciate your time. You know, Robert Sala was talking about it on that that podcast, and he was talking about really all defense is is you're 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 trying to cover a space, right? And you're trying to apply stress. And it's that That's simple. It. And it goes all the way back to the late 70s, early 80s with Bill Walsh on the offensive side of the ball. He said, I run the same concepts. I just make it look different every time. Exactly. I'm presenting the illusion of complexity and keeping it as simple as pro as possible. And it's, it's amazing how that all that still applies to David. Coach, we can't thank you enough, man. This yep. was absolutely awesome. Anytime. Really anytime. Time. All awesome. right, man. You have a great night, pal. Great. And uh, like I said, if there's anything we can do, you just let us know. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Yes, sir. All right. We're going to get out of here, guys. We really appreciate everybody hanging out. Uh, appreciate everybody listening on the pod, making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go pack go. He's set for Heineke on third down. 
Four-man rush. Heineke hit as he throws. It is ripped away by Devondre Campbell. And he's got plenty of green grass in front of him. Devondre Campbell picks six Green Bay. Back to the pick. Yeah, everybody's covered. There's J.D. McKissick. There's Devondre Campbell. Watch him play this. It, it's going to be a little in and out. You're going to press inside like you're crossing. Bounce out. Reads it well. Eyes on the quarterback. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. Not just J.D. McKissick. Everybody was covered up in the play. We talked about...